What's up? I'm back, and uh, today we're going to be doing something a little different. There's a lot going on with me. You know, for those who follow me, know there's a lot of stuff happening. This is for my community. You know, anybody else who wants to watch it, fine, but it's for the people that enjoy my content. And uh, I figured I'm going to talk about it. So today I'm going to react to an article in the Daily Beast. It's called Comedian Jamie Kennedy on how he ended up in an anti-abortion propaganda film. I'm going to react to an article. And why am I doing this? Well, I'll get to the movie in a minute. But when I got offered this interview, I knew it was going to be a part a partial landmine. No, mostly a man line. Um, but I believe that when you're doing a movie, I'm contracted to uh, promote the movie. It's part of my deal. Um, the Daily Beast, I would say, is uh, very left-leaning, probably far left-leaning. I'm not sure. I know it's very uh, left, liberal-ish, right? Um, I definitely read some of their stuff. But I, like I said, I read a lot of different things. So I knew going into it, they're probably going to have a certain bent which they want to achieve. And that's okay. That is their publication. And I was very thought it was very cool that they wanted to talk to me. Um, the young writer, very nice guy. Uh, he said that I want to talk to you because a lot of the players in the film, I would expect but I've been a fan of yours for a long time and I'm wondering why you're in this. So I wanted to pick your brain. Basically that was telling me that, you know, he thought I was like a reasonable guy and he thought I was in something that was unreasonable. But I mean, let's just start with the headline, which is comedian Jamie Kennedy on how he ended up in an anti-abortion propaganda film. I mean, that's a, that that's already a headline. That's like, what? That's, that that's that's pretty telling right there, right? Would you say that? The, would you say that is a uh, very biased headline? <laughs> like they accuse the movie of being biased, right? Which there's definitely some bias in this movie. That is for sure. But do you think comedian Jamie Kennedy? on how he ended up in an anti-abortion propaganda film. Do you think that's a biased headline? And then it says underneath it, in conversation. Conversation. We kind of had a conversation, but I'll get to that. So just to show you, so I'll break it down for you so simple. And so instead of me just going through the history, I'm just going to go through this article and I'll just react to it and then we can talk from there, but... Just look at that picture, right? It's a picture of me at the Laugh Factory doing a bit. And I'm like, and has nothing to do with this film or this interview. So that picture helps sell the headline, how Jamie Kennedy ended up in an anti-abortion propaganda film. And he's like, what? Come on. They're already starting to sell. I knew I was going to probably get grilled. One of the things that you're going to see about the interview is, is that I was keeping an open mind. The main thing about the interview is that I was able to concede points to him. And this is not about the dude because the dude was a cool dude, a respectful dude. He's a really good writer. He refused 
to concede any points. He refused to take any L's. And now people are going to say, well, that's because you didn't have any L's. No, there are definite things that I pushed back on that are not in the article. And there are definite things that he cited that he said are hit are facts. And if someone is passionate about something and they're going to tell you something over and over again, I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, no, 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 here's why. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. Here's why. And I'm like, well, at some point you go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. At one point, we would have never got past three points if I just didn't concede, right? But I didn't know I was, I didn't, I did know, but I didn't think I had to go on and defend. I mean, basically I had to defend myself for the whole article. Basically it was like, yo, why did you do this? Did you know you were doing this? And do you know what this is? And basically like, how could I do this? That's not a way to start an interview, right? Like we're promoting a movie. Like we're supposed to have like a convo. And and it, I don't have a really a problem with him. I have a problem with the people how, who they perceive it. His it's like, you know, that thing that says, oh, Jesus, protect me from your followers. And no, I'm not a religious nut. I'm just using it as a thing. It's like, it's all these people like, yeah, yeah, you got him. You schooled him. It's like, this isn't a contest. I could fight just as hard. It's just like, it's that's the problem is people want to win, but they're not really winning anything. And so that's what it was. It wasn't really, it was more like, you're a bad boy. Did you know this? Boy, you know, you're a bad boy and you know, I feel bad for you because you got duped. And it was like, there's certain things that I wouldn't say I got duped that I was not aware of, but there's other things I was and there's other things that were facts. And people ask me, do I think the filmmakers misled me at all? No, they did not mislead me because here's what it is, is that they, first of all, um, they hired a black woman, Stacy. Very cool, very good director. They had their differences, the producers and her, and they parted ways. A woman co-wrote the script with a man, and then those two decided to take over. Um, There was a lot of what I thought crazy shit in this script, and I thought, where are you getting this? And then they would show me the books, and the books were Googleable. I looked a lot of stuff in these books. I saw a lot of the stuff they said. Did I check every single point? No, I probably checked about fucking... If I had a problem with something, I probably checked it. So I probably checked about 85... I mean, 85% of it. I only had problems with some of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I there's certain stuff I was like, this really happened. And there's other stuff I didn't... I didn't think that was that unbelievable. And my character is Larry Later. He founded Neural, right? You know what that is. And he was a student of Margaret Sanger. And he was also friends with Betty Friedan. And these were all heroes to the left. He's one of the founders of Planned Parenthood. That's a good guy, right? Like, if you're a liberal leftist, isn't that a guy that is like, a hero in the story. Now, certain things they portrayed him as might you not might not agree with. They make him out to be a little bit more money hungry than probably people want to believe. 
did he get with Betty Friedan? Did Betty Friedan, was she a high-end feminist? Yes. Did he go to women to let them know they have their rights? History says yes. Did he want women and champion them? History says yes. Did the movie point him in a picture of, yes, we're going to get the women just to get abortion passed? That was a big part of it. That's what the movie says. Yes. Do I know that that he did that? No, I do not. History will say that he was just a champion of women. This movie will say that he was a champion of women, but he also wanted abortion on demand. That's what's in the movie. Do I have, is it my responsibility if I'm playing a person that was historically a real person, make sure they are historically factually portrayed? 1,000%. And herein lies the rub. What certain people believe Larry was is different than what other people believe Larry was. And in their books and their articles, the left has a certain picture of Larry. And in the right, the right has a certain picture of Larry. And they have their own books. But according to the Daily Beast, their books are lies. So if their books are sold on Amazon, if their books were in libraries, if their books were written by Larry, if their books were written by Bernard Nathanson, the leading abortion doctor, which this movie was about at the time, if you're telling me that those books don't count, then I just don't do the movie because they're based on a fake book that was out. Do you see where we're at here? Of course there's books with fake fucking things in them, but the question is, Where are you going to concede that there may be truth? And my thing is, I was conceding to the Daily Beast that they might have a lot of truth. And certain these facts, of course, their facts are good here. But other facts were great for them and they wouldn't accept that. And they didn't make it into the article. And they painted Jamie Kennedy as that. And they took a picture. So let's just get through it. Uh, The star of Scream in Malibu's Most Wanted opens up about how he wound up in the deeply awful anti-abortion movie Roe v. Wade. (laughs) Look at that fucking headline. So I was at a screening of Roe v. Wade. And at the end of the movie, there was probably 500 some people. They stood up and they gave it a standing ovation. So this article says it's a deeply awful anti-abortion movie. And I saw 500 people giving a standing ovation and cry. So either it's what you say it is or what they say it is, or possibly this movie's not for you. But it is for other people. And then we're going to get into it. But you're basically saying the movie is just spreading lies and fucking brainwashing people into bullshit. And they're going to say, that's not exactly true, right? So this is where lies the rub. This is where conversation happens. But this is what people don't want to have. Do I think the movie is propaganda? Definitely. Do I think it's fucking triumph of the will? No. 
And the guy, when he says, well, if you're associated with triumph of the will, then they would consider you uh, a Nazi. Yeah, triumph of the will was made by Hitler. Are Kathy and Nick Hitler? Are they a fucking, fucking evil fucking despot that's now the most famous person in the history of our planet for killing six million people? Are they them? Is that a fair comparison? Two people directing their first film is equated as Hitler, the guy who made Triumph of the Will? Seriously. Seriously. I'm not going to be biased in this, but I'm going to say that's fucking ridiculous. You're crazy to say that. Triumph of the This is Triumph of the Will? That is ludicrous. Okay? But is there a proper... Is it propaganda? Sure. But is there liberal propaganda? Sure. Right? What are you so scared of? What are you so scared of to talk about things? We haven't even gotten in the article yet, and this is already great. Um, The anti-abortion film that walks the line between melodrama, that's true, and propaganda. That's That's a good line. There is... Mel, there's a lot of melodrama, but when does that cross the line of propaganda? There's definitely some propaganda. And if you want to demonize me for that, we can talk about what I knew, what I didn't know. You know, where are my responsibilities lay, where they don't. But you have to talk about all movies and all TV shows, how there is propaganda in them. And then we have to come for those people too. And if not, then none of us can have nice things and I will burn it all down. John Voight, Stacey Dash, Roger Stone, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Tommy Lahern all make appearances. Okay. That's already convoluted, but... My pillow conspiracy Mike Lindell pops up in a bizarre cameo. That is true. It is co-directed by the stars Nick Loeb, best known for waging legal war against ex-fiance Sofia Vergara in order to gain control over their embryos. And then there is Jamie Kennedy... The stand-up comic and star of films Scream in Malibu's Most Wanted. Thank you. Kennedy plays Larry Later, an abortion rights champion who founded Noral and film and is packed with conspiracy theories and lies. It's a bold statement, man. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, man. You're not going to make any friends with that line. I just don't think people want to make these fucking... They don't want to... There's no olive branch here, man. There's no olive branch here, man. That's what my interview was. I was extending the olive branch. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, let's... No. Conspiracy theories and lies. Okay. So you're basically saying that everything that you don't agree with is a conspiracy theory. So you're just dismantling them, disowning them, canceling them. Okay. Based on a true story, later is that's what they say. Later is depicted as part of behind the scenes cabal. I don't know if there was a cabal. We never said the term cabal of rapacious activists pushing abortion to make money. There is no evidence that later conducted himself in this way. Well, I mean, you have to talk to people in his life. You have to read part of those books. You have to talk to Bernard Nathanson. Bernard Nathanson has co-signed a lot of this stuff. And a Kennedy, a 50-year-old centrist. I don't care. Why is my name in? Why is my age in there? And then why centrist? 
in quotes. I said I'm a centrist because I don't know what I am. Okay. I'm a person that listens to everything and then I make decisions after I feel I'm informed enough. And one of the reasons I didn't say certain things in that in articles because I don't want to make decisions if I'm not informed enough. So I'm like, well, I have to be educated more. I am willing to learn about all of it. Um, so I think I'm a centrist, someone who's in the middle who sees I see positive points on both sides, and I think positive points on uh, and negative points on both sides. But here's the thing: we're already in a problem right now. Because what does a 50-year-old centrist have to do with me acting in a movie? What do my political beliefs or not have to do with a movie? A centrist who supports women's rights to choose, which I which I do. I do. I went into this movie pro-choice. He seems both intrigued by the controversy that the film has stoked and worried about the ramifications it may have for his career. I may be worried. I may not be. Look, I'm part of a movie that's talking about something. Talking about something that's ugly. Talking about something that should be talked about. I'm sorry I'm not in a movie with an adult man who's wearing a cod piece, who is then shooting something out of his wrist or driving a mobile to meet a guy who considers himself a supervillain. Do I like those movies? Sure I do. Should I just do escapism? Like, you're, you're coming at me for doing a fucking movie about a real fucking topic because you don't like the fucking topic fucking because you think it's all lies? It's causing conversation. That's what art does. I'm sorry I'm not in the 17th installment of Batman. I don't think we've made enough. Let me just do escapism fanboy movies, right? Let me try that. I'll just do that because, you know... They're not really about any social issues and, you know. And all those people, by the way, in those type of movies have the most political opinions. But yet they're making movies about big green men. When they get angry, they turn green. After all, as I reported, during the filming, a number of crew members, including the director, first assistant director, costume designer, and location manager, all quit during the production. Learning of the film's extreme anti-abortion Bent. That is true. And here's what I here's what I would write. But there's there's it's not exactly um black and white. Uh people would walk mid fucking stream and say, I don't know. It was gonna be it was gonna be this and that's not good, recalls Kennedy. That's like six sentences cut down to like one. Okay, what I said was people would walk mid-fucking-stream, meaning that I heard that certain funding didn't come through, and this happens on a lot of movies, mostly independents, where the funding didn't happen right away and people weren't getting paid right away. So people did leave that movie because of uh, paycheck issues. They weren't getting their payment right away. Then money would hit from a no-investor, and then they would pay and some people would come back or some people would leave. Then as that was going on, 
people were seeing more and more as the scenes develop. I don't know who got scripts and who didn't. And then they were leaving. But did I watch people walk off in front of me? I'm 99% sure I didn't. I think I remember seeing a PA or two or an AD possibly. I mean, they were really good, the PAs and the ADs. Like they, they knew and they wrote it out. And, you know, um, not that you're not good if you walk off, but I didn't re- I think I saw one time. I was with their Stacy, the director. I did see that. I mean, but they were, they just parted ways, you know, the director and them had different creative visions and Stacy, you know, they, they just went their own way. It, this happens. But were I watching people go, oh, I quit, oh, I quit. No, I had heard about it. They shielded that from us. So and then people have asked me, do I think that's misleading that people, that they buffered me because people were leaving the production? Um, no. First of all, I'm a big boy. I knew I was getting into, all right? I'm not saying I agree with everything in the film, but I don't agree with everything that people are saying about the film. And I'm a big boy. That's number one. Number two, do I think it was misleading that they were buffering me from people? It's a nuanced answer. And the answer is no. Not really. But you're fucked if I say yes to that. You're actually fucked. Here's why. What is it my fucking business? I heard the shit anyway. I knew we were walking into some controversy, okay? You shoot a lot of stuff when you make a movie. You edit it down. You test it, okay? You're going to see what sticks and what doesn't, okay? People left. There were some people that got jobs. That's 100%. People got jobs, better jobs. They left. It's a lot of stuff that shoots in New Orleans. There was people that didn't get paid right away. They left, Okay? Then there was people that left because they didn't fucking like the subject matter and they were finding out more and more. They left. So if they're telling me, an actor, and I've got five scenes that day, hey, you know, so-and-so left, obviously it's not going to help my performance. So I like that they did that. I don't want to fucking deal with that shit. I heard it. I heard it. Right? But let's fucking make the movie and see what we got. I believe I'm a professional. I believe I'm a fucking professional. Right? So, and if you did that, if you told everyone on set every time there was a problem and you didn't buffer the actors or buffer the crew or something happened in the stunt department and makeup didn't know or something happened over at craft service and the star didn't know, you, you ev- fucking sets would be shut down every other hour. Tons of people try to hide fucking fires because they don't want the drama on the set. So that's just that's just what it is. So you're just people are just upset because they thought it was all about the abortion stuff and that was duplicitous. But you could call every set technically duplicitous. I'm not pro. I'm just pointing out all the facts. Now, um, And that's not going to be good. And maybe you're saying, hey, Jamie, why didn't you follow suit? And I guess I just wanted to write it out because I want to see what the final product does. That's true. I'm just a professional, okay? I'm a professional. Listen, we weren't doing anything illegal. We weren't doing anything immoral. We're making a piece of fucking film. How about that? And, you know, you can almost consider this whole experience performance art. And people do some crazy shit in performance art. 
and we'll see where it's at. But at the end of the day, I was paid to do my job. I knew it was going to be controversial. And I thought, well, don't fucking edit it out. I can't tell you how many movies I've been in that are hits that didn't have a third act. Should I have walked off? When I did Scream 2, we didn't have fucking third act. We were, they were still figuring out, rewriting. Should I have walked off because we didn't have that? I didn't know what the fucking outcome was going to be. Seriously. Seriously. When they started Pirates of the Caribbean, they had 75 fucking pages. Uh, he adds, I'm not some crazy right winger because I'm also not, but I'm also not some crazy left winger. I'm a guy who needs to be educated on about some about politics. I'm not some guy in Hollywood who acts like they're an expert on politics and you can print that. I'm sick of that. Yeah. I mean, that speaks for itself. Isn't that refreshing? I could tell you a lot of my opinions on politics, but why do you want to hear them? You have enough, the fucking, you have enough fucking um, ex-NBC actresses telling you how you should think. You have enough, come on, man. Because people really love it when Chelsea Handler, I hate the name names, but fuck it. Chelsea's fucked some shit about me. People really love it when Chelsea Handler gives her opinion on politics. Don't you just love it how she gently tries to persuade you in the sweetest way? She's not condescending or, you know, judgmental or makes you feel like you're a fucking loser if you don't believe that. Remember that? Isn't that great? Doesn't that just win you over so quickly? Okay, so it's always Roe versus Wade. I'm curious what attracted you to the film. Well, you know, here's what it is. In Hollywood... A lot of people were talking about this movie, and first and foremost, I'm an actor. I act, which is true. That's what I do. My job is to portray different characters of all walks of life. I've worked with John Voight twice before, and he's one of the greatest actors ever. I might put John as, as the number one actor for me in Hollywood. Talent-wise, I don't think you're ever going to get a more real person on the movie screen ever Bruce Dern I'm lucky Bruce Dern and him Bruce Dern is incredibly real if I were just to tell you as an actor all you have to do is just be real that you could have a career you could that's what acting is just being 100% just don't act react now, what I like to do on top of that is try to play a character. And that's where sometimes, you know, you can get pushed and stuff like that. But there are people that have made beautiful careers just being themselves, being real. Samuel L. Jackson. Always the same, always real, though. John Voight, Midnight Cowboy, Runaway Train, Coming Home. It's just too many to name. He's just, and then, you know... It's just too many to name. And then the 90s, all the different action movies. He, 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 he is the realest actor. He's as real as they get. And he can also do nuanced, layer, layered performances with affectations of accents, walks and stuff. He's incredible. I mean, you know, he's, he's DDL. Daniel Day-Lewis, him, there's a few. And he's, he's to me... He is, I, I, I don't know there's a table that he does not sit at the head of. I thought it was an important story. And to be honest, I got offered the role. It was more a dramatic part and a real offer. And so I did some research. 
I know there's a lot of stuff we were walking into, but the other parts in Hollywood, I have to read, read, read. And this was a nice offer. So now people took that and ran with it. Okay. There's other stuff they left out, but yes, it's a dramatic role, a dramatic character in a movie about a topic, abortion, which is fucking uh, a top, 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 top topic that we should all talk about all the time. That probably will never be solved, but should always be talked about to make sure it's handled correctly. And I got an offer. Yeah, it's going to be controversial. Yeah, I wasn't going to do it a couple times. And then, you know, my agents and stuff talked to me about it. Um, so people say, oh, you did it because you need the money. No, I didn't need the money. In fact, if I did that, Here's my proof. Not that I need any. If I needed the money, why didn't I do Tremor 7? Wouldn't I have made the money? That's just documentable. If I needed the money, I would have did Tremor 7. Now, there's other independent movies that have offered me money that I've turned down, but you can't document that. There's a movie that offered me $100,000. I just thought it was too goofy. I didn't do it. But... You're not going to, you probably won't believe that because you're just, you know, negative. But if I needed the money, I would have did Tremors 7. If I would if I needed the money, I would have did another uh, movie that offered me an independent, like, you know, for a couple of days for like 25,000 bucks. But you can't document that because you can't prove it. You can prove Tremor 7. If I needed the money, I would have just did Tremor 7. So that's just a lie. That's a lie. And I have the receipts. So that's just not true. Again, I did it because it was a different part. It was dramatic and it was respectful. Yeah, should I just go in and read for fucking... um, The shit I have to read for, read for, and read for again and again after 25 fucking years? You don't have enough fucking sense if I can fucking act or not? And since I don't want to always jump through hoops... I don't turn, I don't, I also turn down a lot of auditions because I don't want to fucking, it's like, no man, fucking make an offer. Actors get offers. Okay. Sometimes you get great offers. Sometimes you, most of the stuff I want to get, I have to fight for. That's worth something. Some of the offers I get aren't great. I thought this was interesting. It was cool. So I'm sorry. I took an offer in a dramatic part where I'm trying to expand my fucking wheelhouse. This is obviously a controversial subject. So what about the story itself attracted it to you? Um, I wrote, it's such a controversial subject. It's so hard to comment on it as a man. So already I'm starting off respectful. You know, because we don't conceive the baby. We help. Look, Kathy and Nick, the directors, producers, and writers, they were like, this is a movie. It's going to be about Roe v. Wade. They showed me all these books. I was reading the script and I was like, did this happen? They were like, here's the quote. And then they introduced me to a lot of history on Margaret Sanger, Larry Later, Planned Parenthood. I knew it was going to be a hot button issue going in. But I saw that what they were quoting from and I was like, mm, that's interesting. I did not know that. Just like I said to this guy, that's interesting. I did not know that. I'm sorry I don't have the history of abortion memorized. They said everything in the movie was taken from books, whether they took some liberties I don't know. It didn't fact check everything. No, I didn't fact check everything. 
I fact-checked my shit. And then when I was other shit I saw, I asked. And then they showed me the proof. There were a lot of liberties taken. I did try to fact-check the film before speaking with you about your character, Larry, later. For instance, it's depicted as a shady figure pulling the strings from behind the scenes who treats abortions as a money-making operation. I said, um, okay, so you'll have to educate me. Again, I'm being vulnerable. Something this guy was not being. Something that people don't. Um, so what I was told is that Larry was a student of Margaret Sanger. I don't know enough about Margaret Sanger because it's been three fucking years. Yeah, that's another thing. I did the movie three fucking years ago. Three fucking years ago. You remember everything? But one thing I know is that she was a woman's activist, right? And they say that she also may have done some stuff with eugenics. In the movie, Larry hooks up with Betty Friedan, who's obviously a huge feminist icon, and it looks like he's saying that the Planned Parenthood, there's some money to be made there, for sure. The character says that. It looks like he's in there for some profit, but sure. But is that true? Is there money being made? That's the question. Let's unpack that. At the film's end, it presents a fact that Planned Parenthood made $1.6 billion last year. So I pulled their most recent annual report as a nonprofit with 501 which reveals that while Planned Parenthood pulled in $1.64 billion, they had $1.57 billion in operating and other expenses and only have $22 million in total assets. So they're not making a ton of money. That is blatant representation at the end of the film. Also, the idea that they're making all this money off abortions is strange as well. Abortions is only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does, 52 Percent of his STI treatment and testing. 25% is contraception. 6% is cancer screenings. The idea that Planned Parenthood is making money due to abortions is a lie. Okay. A nonprofit is not making money. That's a lie. So first of all, they made $22 million. Is $22 million not money? My thing is this. I mean, that's a good call on his part. Again, I guess I'll have to get some facts in here to do it. But here's the deal. It, it, they've made $1.6 billion in, in revenue, they have one point five billion in operating costs. Of course, that's guess what's in that operating cost? Salaries, salaries, dude. Did you put that in the article? No. So that would be a propaganda point. That yes, Planned Parenthood took in a billion and a half dollars, and nothing else. That is propaganda, unless they put in. Out of that billion and a half dollars, their operating expenses were 1.4 and a half. And uh, they only made a few million bucks. So, and X amount of that was for uh, abortions. That is a propaganda point. And that is a propaganda, you win on that point. Okay. But you got it, but, 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 but you got to take your L's. You know what I'm saying? So I'm giving you a W, but then you got to give me a W. And that's what these fucking people don't want to do. And so that's just what you guys don't want to do. And so, and that's what's annoying. And so that is a W. And here's the thing. I'm not going to give myself a W, but I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure that Chiron wasn't in the script when I read it. They add Chirons at the end. And I said, yeah, I'll have to look at the facts again. Like I said, like, so there I am. I am just looking for, I'm just an actor. You do hear one thing in the media, which you do, and then you hear another thing when you're on set. And a woman and a man made this movie together. They're co-directors and whatever people write about Nick. 
you know, because they do write a lot of stuff about Nick. The main thing about him is people write, he's basically dated Sophia Figueroa. I mean, look, the guy comes from a long lineage of, uh, I think he's related to the Lehman Brothers. I think he's related to the Bronfmans. So he comes from a very uh, well-to-do background and Loeb and Loeb and Wall Street. But, you know, you always hear that he dated Sophia Vergara for years and years and years and there is custody battle. And I don't know enough about the custody battle. And that is not my place to know about the custody battle because I'm not hanging out with Nick to fucking go and buy Sophia Vergara's embryos. I'm in a movie with Nick because we're making a movie. I, his private life is his fucking private life. If he's not doing anything illegal, what's the fucking matter to me? If I told, if I knew the private life of every fucking person in Hollywood, we, we, you would never see a movie again. Are you five? Are you fucking five? Some of your greatest entertainment you fucking watch and consume are made by fucking scumbags and you still watch it. You're fucking part of the problem. Were you wearing prosthetics in this? Now that's fucking... <laughs> Yo, that could be a direct shot. First thing is I laughed because I was like, whoa. But here's what I should have said to the guy. No, dude. We shot the movie in New Orleans. I was wearing gumbo. I was fucking fatter then. Okay, this is like after this movie is when I stopped drinking because after this movie I started watching myself. I'm like, damn, I look kind of heavy on screen. I was drinking fucking wine and fucking eating gumbo and beignets. We were living the dream, man. Do you think that was a shot? Were you wearing prosthetics in this? And I just laughed and I'm like, well, my hair, we thinned it out, which we did. We made my hair look worse. And But no, I was wearing my face. It was just a heavier face. Now imagine if you asked an actress that. Could you imagine if you asked an actress that? Could you ask you that, a person of color that? Uh, uh, go down the list. But, you know, just beat me. I'm just a fucking piece of shit. Um, I put a little weight on. I want to look different. For me, it's cool to get a role. It's controversial, but that's what good TV and movies should do. They should make you talk. And I put weight on. I did. I let myself get heavy because that's what you do in a role. All right? You change your appearance. So I did. As a comic, I imagine you're anti-censorship. Yes, I am. And one thing that struck me as odd is this film is co-produced by the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights, which is a pre-censorship organization that attacks any media that pokes fun at the Catholic Church. The group has come under dogma, Kathy Griffin, and a member of other films and comedians just for lightly mocking the church. Um, and I wrote, I didn't even know that to be real with you. There's a lot of people that produced this and I didn't even know that. I didn't know that the Catholic league did that. I believe in free speech. I just thought it was a very cool role. Did I know how controversial it was going to be? No. It's my answer, dude. I, there's so much more stuff I said here, but he's just using those lines to just make me seem like I'm just sticking to the same story as I said more. But at the end of the day, I didn't know the Catholic league would produce it. When I got on the fucking movie, the Catholic league was not involved. Okay. And if they were, no one told me. And there's probably 25 fucking producers on this movie. Cause that's how you make an independent movie. So you get 25 or 30 people in the credits. Do I know all the people involved? You know, the guy who fucking has curves gym invested i didn't know that do you know octavius prince that's who i knew because he was in the movie with me he's the biggest investor there's probably 20 25 money people involved in this movie i don't know all of them but i said to the guy there that also martin luther king's niece 
I, Alveda King was also a producer. Did he mention that? No, he did not. Yeah, so so every fucking actor in Hollywood, when you do these fucking independent movies that goes straight to fucking Redbox, they know. I'm sure every actor that's in a Sundance movie knows every producer's name. And when the money comes in later for post, they knew that that producer was going to be on it. They knew. Yeah, they know every producer who's on the fucking movie. Because we had to raise money for P&A, dude. Oh, who are those people? I need a list and name of all of them. Where's my W? You mentioned that the director left and was replaced by Kathy, but there were many crew members that left during production, right? Tons. That is true. No, I'm not sure. Um, but I probably I could have started the sentence with that. A ton of people left. They did. A lot of people left. Probably, I can't tell you the number. I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if half left. I don't think more than half left. There was a lot of people I knew the whole run of the movie from wardrobe to makeup to catering to camera. I would I would say there was, I wouldn't even say half left. But there's definitely people that left. But there was people that were on with the whole movie with me. And they were like, fuck this. I'm out. Mid shot. I did, I did hear that one day. I did hear when we started a shot and people saw the scene. And I do believe during that singing scene, people did leave. That's true. I did never see that. I've never seen people walk off a set and quit because of the content of the film mid-movie. So that's true. And um, But I've seen people walk off sets. I've seen people get fired. I've seen all that, and they're not anything to do with abortion. I've seen sets set shut down, all right? I mean, I've worked on Three Kings. You know, I've seen a lot of movies i've done a lot of shit that won't tell you what happened but because you're fucking pussies and you're snitch culture and you fucking try to bring people down why did they leave from my reporting it seems like some of the members of crews were misled as far as the film would be about again this is not my job i don't i didn't i wasn't marlo stern right marlo I'm not you, dude. I'm not the fucking roving reporter of the set writing a fucking article for the Daily Beast. I'm an actor, right? Is it my job to know why fucking people left? Am I supposed to go home? Am I on the fucking abortion gazette? Hey, man, tell me what happened. Why'd that craft service lady leave? When I signed on to the movie, I knew what I was walking into as a potential ticking time bomb. But there was a lot of stuff in the thing that people just weren't vibing with. That's part where the song happens. And I remember that a day... Uh, a couple of people just said, that's it. They left during the song. That is true. And he goes, the scene where the characters sing, there's a fortune in abortion. And I said, yes. And Nick said, it's in the book. It's taken from Dr. Bernard Nathanson's book where they apparently sang this. So I did. That scene was insane to me. I did not sing in that scene i'm 98 percent sure i have to watch the film again it's been three years i tell uh my wife to play the piano why bernard nick's character starts singing and i said to nick this is this was a hot day this was the, the day that i did notice people were leaving and i said dude was this in the fucking movie dude he's like it's in the book so then he got the book and he showed me the fucking thing in the book. And it was written by Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the foremost leading doctor on abortions at this time, who's fucking had a change of heart. 
And his book was published. And it was out. And everyone knew this book. So I saw it. So what am I supposed to do? So then it said, this is a good example of how film distorts things. The film distorts things. If Nathanson's book, he claims that as an intern, some people sang this song. So it was never sung by Larry Later or any other activist. And again, he claims it was widely sung among medical interns at the time. Yet Bernard Nathanson, in his book, after he became a diehard anti-abortion activist, is the only person who ever mentioned this in his existence. I don't fucking know that. I have to see what it said in the movie. But just because he did it in that moment, you think that him and Larry never, just because he never wrote it in his book... You don't know if they ever fucking did it. So yes, therein lies the rub, I said. Because I'm not there for all of it. I could see how you could say that that's misleading for sure. But I could also see that they possibly did have those get-togethers because they were hanging out all that much. And maybe fucking Larry fucking later. I also think Nick, I'm, fuck. Nick talked to people. He talked to family members. I don't know if Bernard's alive or not, but he talked to people. So what if somebody in that circle said, oh yeah, they sung the song. Just because it's not in the book, could he have talked to somebody? And could they have not said, oh yeah, they sung the song. Now that could, 100% correct, that by putting that song in a lower level position in that guy's life and then putting it somewhere where it's now being sung by people of power, 100% is a distortion of what the movement could have been. But that doesn't mean that they didn't do it off camera just because it wasn't talked about in a book. It's called a liberty. And it was taken to prove a point. Look, it is a gray area for sure. It's not a hill I'm going to die on. I thought it was absolutely crazy that somebody would fucking sing that song. I thought it was fucking insane. I'm like, dude, don't fucking have this in the movie. You're going to sing this fucking song? Are you nuts? Then he shows it to me in the book, and I'm like, what? You don't see me singing it, though. I'm just like, they don't want to fucking do that part. Okay? It's fucking weird. I said, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. Nick Loeb's character says in the film, you can't turn a woman's body into a business negotiation. That struck me as pretty ironic given that this is pretty much what he did in real life with Sofia Vergara. Dude, why the fuck are you asking me that question? Why the fuck are you asking an actor in a movie about Nick Loeb's personal life with his fucking ex? What does that have to do with me? So I wrote, now I don't know enough about that, man. So you'll have to educate me. Again, being open. I know he's in some battle over her embryos. Right? And then he says, the curious thing about the film is that it was filmed in Louisiana, the same place that had the legal initial legal proceedings against Sofia Vergara to try to claim full ownership over their embryos. So he was essentially shooting an anti-abortion propaganda film in the very state that he had pursued this case. And at the same time, I don't think that's a coincidence. But they broke up, they had frozen embryos, and they, and they wanted... And he wanted them unilaterally without her consent. Assume control over the embryos. Again, dude, that has nothing to do with me. 
That's a guy's personal fucking life. What does that have to do with me? Now, am I supposed to know as an actor the producer and the director's personal legal battles too now? Not I only not only do I have to know as an actor every producer's on it, every investor on it. I need to know every fucking investor and producer's wife's legal embryo battles. I need to know who they're cheating on with or who's fucking in, in vitro or who's gluten-free. I mean, what do I have to know as an actor? What do I need to know in order to do a movie? Now you're talking people's personal lives that I have to be educated on. Definitely for sure that Nick p- probably has... um. An axe to grind. Right? But it's not my business. Is that should that be my business? And should that be talked about as 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 part of why I'm in this movie? No. That's that is you're you're fucking wrong, man. And like people are saying this is such a good interview. Bullshit. That's bullshit. I just fucking served you. Because of a person has their own agenda in their personal life has nothing to do with me as an actor. I should not need to know. I should not my job to know their personal business. That's insane. And I would, I would, I would ask anyone if they tell me if that's true, um, untrue. I said, I don't know enough about that case, but I've been hearing and reading stuff about it. I guess I don't know enough about it, but there's definitely something going on there and people can assume what they assume. That's what I said. That's a real answer. It feels like he's trying to trap me into talking a lot of shit about the directors and the and the writers. The film features Milo Yiannopoulos as an abortionist. Were you aware that he's going to be happening? See, I answered this right away and I said, no, I did not. And then, and, then, and then I said all this other stuff, but he started it like this. He started with my middle at the end. Certain people came on the movie that I didn't know. All these other players came in the day before and stuff. I don't know about Milo. I didn't know about Milo, but it was a vitally high controversial. He's a controversial figure. And I think he's called a right-wing person, but I see him on a lot of left-wing stuff, meaning like he is a supposedly be. I don't know enough about Milo Yiannopoulos. I don't. I don't follow Milo Yiannopoulos. He was not on the movie when I got the movie. Okay? People get cast the day of, the day before. All right. He got put in. Obviously, it's a stunt. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he stands for. I don't follow him. But I said he's on left wing stuff because then I saw that he was on Bill Maher and he was on um, Rogan. You know, he was on different mainstream shows. So clearly, people fuck with the guy. I guess he's been canceled since, but why am I getting penalized when other people have him? Well, he's defended hebophilia, and he launched a racist campaign against Leslie Jones over the Ghostbusters movie. He once penned an article where the deadline headline, birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. So he's frankly ironic that he's in this movie. And I wrote, I don't know enough about him. Like, like I said, he could have all that stuff with him. I'm doing the movie. They shoot his scene without me. In fact, I'm pretty sure... I was like off like for two days and they shot a bunch of different scenes and he was in one of them. I didn't fucking know. Like again, am I supposed to know everyone who's on the call sheets on my days off? I'm fucking, I already said that to him. I'm not fucking for any of this shit. 
I'm not for any. I don't stand for what that guy stands for. That, that There's your duping. I didn't know he was going to be in the movie. There's your fucking duping. There's your dupe. Is it unfair to you in the cast of filmmakers to insert far-right figures into a film after the fact because now you're going to be associated with these characters? Yeah, that is unfair. That's unfair. But to associate with me with them is also unfair. I mean, yeah, but that's not fair to me because it's not fair for people to think that because I'm on a project with them that I'm like them, and that's not fair. If someone popped Triumph of the Will, I'd probably assume that they don't like Jews very much. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know all those people, and I don't know their histories. I don't know enough. You're not anti-abortion. Okay, I'm going to be as open as I can with you with my personal beliefs. Uh, I'm not anti-abortion. When I started this movie, I was pro-choice. As I did the movie, I am still pro-choice. But I got educated on certain things that I have questions about, and I believe that ultimately it's a woman's right to choose. But I do have questions. He goes, what are those questions? And I said, blah, 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 blah. How can I say this, dude? It's all going to blow up in my face, but let's just go for it. Let's just try to have, re- let's just try to have responsible sex. Is that so hard to ask? That's what I said. That's the first thing. Have responsible sex. Is that bad? The guy should come with a condom. I put it on the guy. If he doesn't have a condom, men have to work on that, meaning go buy a fucking condom. So that's number one. If you're a man and you're going to have sex with a woman, come with the condom. There are a lot of ways to present, prevent pregnancy in a normal situation. What did our friend write? Condoms break. What? What is it? 1977, dude? And you're in the back of your fucking older brother, Chevelle? And you got the condom that old Trojan handed down to you from your other brother and your cousin is like, this is the magic condom, dude. We saved it for you, man. Slip it on at the end of that dance. Do the deed, bro. Oh, fuck it broke. Fuck yeah, dizzy and confused. What are you, fucking 12? What condom breaks? There's something else he left out. So then I said, it's not that hard. When you're about to climax, keep your condom on, boom, you know, and something happens. There's something called a morning after pill, right? And then he wrote, the morning after pill is expensive. Really? What's more expensive, the morning after pill or a baby? So I already said the dude, I already said I shouldn't talk about this subject because I'm a dude. I already said the dude should bring a condom. I didn't say that the woman should be on birth control, which she could be, but women can say, fuck with you. I didn't say the woman should get the depot shot, which she could, but it could fuck their hormones up. I didn't say women should put on the fucking, oh, the diaphragm, which they could. I didn't say the women should be on the birth control pill because it'll fuck their cycles up. That's the three things. I said a guy should bring a condom. I didn't say a woman should be have the app that can tell you when you're ovulating, and then if you wanted to have sex with a condom, you could still make sure it's not on those days. That's five or six things so far, and I haven't even touched birth control yet. I said, all you have to do is bring a condom. Those are all other. And then the morning after pill. So that's just a dumb point. So take your fucking L there, dude. You didn't even put that in the story, dude. You just said condoms break like it's 1977. And we're all listening to REO Speedwagon.
Oh, he's trying to dunk hard and all the fucking tortoise shell glasses like dunk, you dunked, you dunked, only you dunked. It's like, exactly. You're not trying to have a convo. You're trying to win. I said, it doesn't really, come on, man. I don't even really know anybody who understands the term late term abortion that can talk about that easily. And then he said, late term abortions are rarely practiced and really only usually done in the health of the mother or the fetus are at risk. And I said, the people in this film will tell you different. I think in 2017, you can find these graphics, 612,000 abortions were performed in the United States. 1.3% of them were 21 weeks or after. 21 weeks or after. The fetus is the size of a very large banana. So 1.3% would be 6,200 on almost a half. So let's just say about 9,000, 9,000 fetuses were late-term abortions. Every one of those has a very difficult, painful story for the people involved. If every one of those is a medical emergency, something outlier, a horrific crime, all of these things, I get it. But if 890,902 are... Just form of birth control, I have an issue with that. I'm sorry. If it takes you 21 weeks to figure out you want to have a fucking abortion, and I didn't even mention adoption yet, I have a problem with that. And I'll stand by that. If it takes you 21 weeks for the people involved, the men and the woman, to figure out to have an abortion and there's no medical emergency... I have a problem with that. It makes me very uncomfortable. And I'm allowed to feel that way. And I'm 50 years old. And I've never gotten a woman pregnant. And I have my sperm tested. And it's incredibly strong. It's true. Why do you think I have it? Maybe because I'm fucking responsible? Maybe because I'm fucking responsible? I'm not shaming you, but don't shame me. I told him I was raised a Catholic dude. I've seen these fucked up films. They fucked me up. I didn't ask to see them. I have a form of PTSD. It's probably a form of child abuse. I think I saw this shit in like sixth fucking grade, man. I saw horrific fucking anti-abortion films, propaganda, whatever you want to see. I saw terror. I saw fetuses ripped apart. I saw that before I was a teenager. Did I ask to see that? No. Did it fuck me up? Yeah, here's what I saw. You want to know what I saw in the fucking 80s? Do you want to know what I saw? I saw two things. One day, there was a rash of abortion films in our school, and I was like, what the fuck? And we were all like, like, fucked up, man. I think I saw that before I saw my first Playboy, man. And that's their agenda, and that's the Catholic League. I don't know if public schools do that or whatever. I had no say in the fucking matter, okay? So, yeah, I... PTSD, I remember the images that I hope to block out again, okay? You talk to guys from the 70s, the OGs, they were free love. 
Group sex, smoking joints. Hey, man. How are you? My generation is fear-based. So we were, I was raised on condoms and fucking with women and with birth control. And it was like, don't catch fucking HIV. Don't get somebody pregnant. I, I saw tons of fucking videos of, a, a, you know, HIV patients dying. I would see that all the time. It was always on MTV. It was always on the news. Always. I was 13 for that one. 12 abortion, 13 with that. It worked. You, you made a very scared sexual guy who was very fucking scared. When I started, you know, my sexual life, I was like, we were petrified, my whole crew. But so what, whatever that is, that's propaganda. That's propaganda. Late-term abortions are rarely practiced and really usually done in the health of the mother or the fetus at risk. Okay, I'm trying to be transparent with you and say that I believe in a woman's right to choose. And the issue I have with some conservatives, this is him talking, and a lot of the people who are going to watch this is that you can't crack down on contraception and also be anti-abortion. What is the solution then? If you do both those things, you really just want women to have a baby and be tethered to the guy. And I go, I'm 1,000% with you, man. That is a conflicting message. I believe it's a woman's right to choose, and it's a woman and a man's right to be responsible. But yes, everybody has a right to contraception. I believe that. That's fucking crazy. If anyone doesn't want to have somebody have a contraception, don't fucking don't deal with that person. If somebody's out there saying you can't have premarital sex, they're fucking, they're fucking in the middle of a field somewhere. That ain't me. Okay, and everybody has the right to a condom. Everybody has the right to have sex consensually, legally, and morally, if it's done legally and morally and consensually, and if it's before marriage. Sex before marriage is completely fine in my book. Okay, so if I don't know anyone that's still trying to have not contraception. That's some fucking super conservative fucking in the middle of fucking... Uh, d- deep in the heart of fucking Oklahoma somewhere. I don't know, dude. I don't know people running around and go, you ain't gonna get a kind of man. It's gonna be hellfire for you. What are you, five, dude? Give me a break, man. No one's fucking doing that with half a fucking brain cell. No one's doing that. That is not a problem. And if it is, those communities are fucking as far and few between as your what you believe late term abortion is, so let's take a half an L each. Abortion is a very emotional and difficult thing for women to deal with, and this is a film. All the women are having abortion procedures performed on them. We often don't even see their faces. Not only are they given nothing to say, but they are treated as disposable, and interchangeable. In every scene, in every film where the woman is getting this procedure is done, she's not a character. What does this say? Well, it tells you that the movie's not about them. The movie's more about the doctor. It's more about the movement. But it also tells you that that's the point they were trying to make. So there goes your, what you believe is propaganda, where they're like, hey, man, run them in, run them out. Run them in, run them out. That's that's their message, right? They're trying to tell you that they weren't giving, you know, you're saying they're not giving enough thought to it. And they're saying, hey, this is how it is, right? It's a fucking cash machine. So, yeah, that, that's why they're not going to show that. So whether you believe that happened or not, that's part of their bias which you would call propaganda he goes every woman i talk to this is what he says every woman i've talked to has gotten an abortion has pretty much been affected by it i don't think there's a single woman who isn't affected by it well dude i hate to bust your fucking bubble i agree with you 
I would think everyone would be affected by it. But I've talked to at least six women I can think of right now who've been like, yeah, I did it. I got it done. It was over. There are women out there like that, dude. And there's other women that are very tortured by it. I would say probably the majority are tortured by it, but there's some that don't think of it like that. And to say that, so that's just a disagreement. You have to go find those women. It's a, that's a super sweeping generalization. Look at this picture. They took a picture of me in front of my jacuzzi. Yeah, that's that doesn't want to discredit me or anything, right? Like, that was a picture from the beginning of the pandemic that was used as a promo for a television show, and it was funny. So they got goofy Jamie Kennedy not knowing shit about abortion with, like, this. I mean, come on, man. You're trying to fucking point me as a fucking doofus. Go for it. So, you know, he was being cool there, and he's like, I think you were sold a balls for False bill of goods. And I said, no, probably, you know, or it's being a late point. Like I said, there are certain things I didn't know and certain things I didn't know. He says to me, do I stand by the final product? I said, I have to see it again. This is the thing. There's an ending credit scene which the film features Norman McCovey or Jane Rowe. The voiceover says that she became a pro-life and it features her giving an anti-abortion spiel. But the documentary, a.k.a. Jane Rowe, came out last year, last year, featuring McCovey, where she gave a confessional interview saying that her anti-abortion stick was all a lie and that she was always pro-choice. That she was a lesbian, and that she had received bribes from anti-abortion Catholic organizations. McCovey and the documentary even provide documentation of the benevolent gifts she received from the organizations to the tune of $456,000. She even says in the film, I think it was a mutual thing. I took their money, and they took me out in front of the cameras and told me what to say. So presenting McCovey as an anti-abortion crusader at the end of the film, we know, is now... I go, that's misleading. I agree. That's misleading. I never knew of that. I just was told that she was Jane Rowe. So just to let you know, that documentary came out after I completed this movie. I didn't know any of that. We filmed this movie three years ago. The documentary came out last year. The Nightline thing that she talked about was real. Now there's new information. The Nightline thing was real. Her deathbed confession is another thing. That is real. What do you believe? But the documentary came out after the movie was done. So maybe even the filmmakers didn't know that, right? That still could be up for debate. And who's to say that someone didn't pay her money to say that on her deathbed so then they would get the money for her family later on, right? This movie was filmed three years ago. That information wasn't out then. The Nightline information was documented. So don't you think that you're now making a misleading fucking fact and propaganda by not saying that fact that that documentary came out two years after this movie was completed? You're doing everything that the movie is doing. You are fucking misleading and propaganda. You're doing it right now. That is fucking propaganda. You did not put out and say, well, this movie was shot in the summer of 2018 and that documentary came out in 2020. This movie was all fucking wrapped and ready to go and then the pandemic pushed it back and they didn't open it up on a documentary which we now state is fact. But maybe that documentary had its own agenda. Come on, dude. I know what I was getting into when I was doing that interview. I didn't have to do the interview, you know. I could have just said no. I just think a lot of people that are so uh, militant 
online, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but so many people were sort of saying stuff and so many people were writing articles. I was like, I like the press, but I'm like, dude, like, you know, at some point I got to fucking say my own thing, right? Like he controlled his narrative and he should, and now I'm taking control of my narrative. And the people who ride with me believe it will believe it. And the people who don't, don't. And that's okay. The biggest takeaway from all this is one word and one word only. And it's conversation. I didn't go into this movie to mislead people. I didn't go into this movie to disrespect people. I didn't go into this movie to stop women from having rights. I went in this movie to be a part of something that would create conversation. I wish it was better conversation, but unfortunately it seems like it's not. But at least it's being talked about. And I did that article because I wanted to bring awareness and more conversation to it. My only hope is that we can figure out how to fucking talk to each other. That's all I want to do. That's why I am the way I am. And I think Hollywood is fucking cooked. That's why it doesn't scare me. It's done, man. It's embarrassing. Like... The product you're making, only X amount of people care about. No one gives a fuck about award shows anymore. You can't tell me it was on the SAG Awards last night. No one fucking cares. I fucking will make my own content independently and be fine. I'll be better than fine. I will thrive. And those who ride with me, ride with me. And those who don't, don't. I'm fine with it. I've done it, man. I've had a fucking great run. And I continue to make what I want to make fucking I don't give a fuck about movie theaters I'll be in movies sure maybe I'll be in a blockbuster I think they're gonna go away streaming we're all streaming now from Netflix on down doesn't matter the luster's gone man people have ruined it it's part of it is great because they peeled the onion back but it's done it's not exciting anymore. And the fun police have come and fucking shut down the party. Try to listen to each other. I joined Patreon. And here's what you're going to do. It's going to be two simple tiers. A $5 tier. And that is going to get you the whole video of my podcast. And then I'm going to have a $10 tier. You know, very reasonable that's going to get you shout outs. It's going to get other clips that you're not going to hear on the pod. And you're going to get some unfiltered things. Thanks guys for watching. If you can, please uh, subscribe. If you like it, hit the like button. That always helps. Your feedback is amazing. Leave comments if you enjoy it. Thank you guys.